Ultra. Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are attacking Disney's The Little Mermaid one minute at a time. I'm Kester Dorowski. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And today we are joined by Hannah Rogers from the Vox Popcast. Thanks for welcome. Thanks for having me. That intro sounds a little rough this week. So we every week we are changing <laughs> what we are doing with this film. You know, we've been floundering in it or drowning in it or submerging in Rowing it. And through. this week we're attacking it, which sounds very rough compared to the others. And and Hannah's not on for those minutes this week. But it is totally relevant. So listeners, just stick with yes. us for the whole week. The attack is going to make sense. It's actually coming on Friday of this week. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's how how we do. Well, okay. Like, in, in these first two minutes with Hannah, there is, like, some attacking Vanessa towards Ariel. Yeah. Right? Like. But not physical attacking. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, today, uh, well, I'll just we are we are discussing minute sixty six. I was about to say fifty six. Minute sixty six, um, where it begins with Ariel running from her bedroom, and ends with Ariel leaning against a pillar on the dock as she inhales, about to start crying because it is very sad time uh this minute features ariel running down the stairs to find grimsby talking to eric and the mystery maiden not really the mystery maiden, vanessa. but vanessa and eric and grimsby discuss having the wedding that very day it also has vanessa who is ursula smiling at the necklace that she ha- has the shell necklace and the wedding ship departs i'm gonna call that a sinister smile yes oh, yeah. it is a very sinister smile these animators know how to like draw just the right facial expressions for this sort of stuff. Yes, exactly. Like it's actually a lot of really good face acting in this minute, I would say, because Ariel's going through like a whole bunch of emotion without the use of her voice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to, to just sort of uh, emphasize what you're saying, like the fact that they have really good facial expressions throughout the entirety of the film is so essential to this portion where she has no voice so you really have to be able to tell what she's feeling um, when she's feeling it. Yeah. And I think th- this is maybe the best minute to display that, right? Because it's really mm-hmm. conveyed, I think, very much with her with her face and some body language. Um, the importance of body language, to, to call back to something earlier in the film. Um, we don't underestimate the importance of body language. But, like, with her behind the pillar, she is going through like a lot of confusion and devastation and like what's going on and you know like and and she's got like her hands coming up to her head she's running her hand through her hair she does this little movement with her hand where she's just like um it's like floppy hand yeah uh but this that specific moment is actually patty disney who is the wife of roy e disney Mm -hmm. um it's her favorite her favorite moment of the film. But um, they said that in the commentary oh. on our Blu-ray disc. And she's just <laughs> specifically that, that hand motion. I was going to say, how in the world do you know <laughs> what Patty Disney's favorite <laughs> moment in the movie is? Um, our Blu-ray copy of little Disney's a little mermaid with Ron, John and Alan talking. Yeah. So that, that moment, especially with the hand movement is Patty Disney's favorite part of the film. And actually, if you back it up 
to our discussion to the beginning of this minute, the entire focus is basically on Ariel's face for the majority of her, like running through her bedroom down the stairs, and you can watch the you know joy on her face and the like shift as she begins to hear Grimsby talking, and it, most of like the action is framed through her reactions. Like you, you see her face as Grimsby and Eric talk about their plans um, for the most part. And even when her face isn't on screen, she's the person framing the shot as she looks down over the threesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then when we get, you know, the other main focus in this, in this minute is going to be Vanessa's face. Right, well, so it's it's a very face centric. There, there, there is one minute. moment with Sebastian, yes. but yeah, it's mostly Vanessa and, and Ariel, who are both voiced by Jody. Jody Benson. Benson, yeah, and so it's like they really are like flexing their animation muscles. I'm I'm gonna say like the movie that we've done so far up until this point is Snow White. There is not this much face acting in Snow White. No, but it was the first full length yeah. Disney animation and so film. It's like, but yeah. it shows like a really interesting transition and like what's expected in the acting of an animated character and what they're comfortable doing and everything like that. Like with Snow White, not a lot of face acting, even, even the dwarfs. And I would say there's a distinction between like how, how cartoony the dwarfs are versus how cartoony Snow White is. And, And they, and they didn't have like a lot of comfort animating the faces of the less cartoony characters. But in this one, like, they've struck a different balance with how cartoony different characters are and everything. But like, this is really good, like performative show. Don't tell kind of filmmaking. Yeah. And that's one thing that I really like about how we are not going in order of the Disney animation films. We're jumping around from, from classical to the Renaissance period in the Disney films. And I really like that because we get different, we get differences in an animation technique and we get to see how much they've grown without going without seeing it progress we're jumping from from their beginning to this new to this new era and how it's it's very different and i really like that we have that kind of contrast between our previous film that we covered and this film yeah and thinking about it some of it i think kind of mirrors the the same like you can see a uh, a mirroring of this in the computer generated animation trends, like where you look at the characters in toy story, right? The beginning of Pixar computer generated um, characters. And like those faces are stiff. Mm. Right. And then you look at what they can do now with, um, with tangled or frozen or the, the modern Pixar films and the, um, and some of it comes from just being able to make them a little more comfortably um, cartoony and fluid. But I, I think they managed to balance it out. So it's not just from them being more cartoony yeah. uh, and everything. I saw I saw a post the other day and it was about the distinction because in Toy Story 4, they have a flashback to Andy. And it is so weird because like we've seen Andy as a kid. This does not look like the same yeah. kid, but that's because it's 25 years of technology developing. Right. Um, but I'm glad that you brought up uh, CGI. Um, because this moment has one of the few CGI parts that they use in Little Mermaid, this this scene. Oh, the, um, the staircase. The staircase. So the staircase. And if you look at it, you can tell that it is it 
it is computer generated. Mm-hmm. Um, so the computer generated program is, or CGI is um, CAPS, which is computer assisted product system. And so it was mostly just computer, like kind of designed a bunch of it, but it, a lot of it was hand painted um, afterwards. Oh, that makes a lot of sense because the texture, like as it was moving and everything, it definitely seemed mm-hmm. computerized. Yes. But the texture of it still seemed to fit in really comfortably with the animation. And so that would be the hand painting that they did onto like a computer model. Yeah. But if you if you look at the stairs as Ariel's coming down the stairs, you can tell that 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 is different from the rest of the animated film. Yeah. And like the way it recedes into the yeah. background, it's like, OK, this is not the static thing. The computer is creating angles and dimension in a way that in, a, in, in like the traditional animation, somebody would have just painted the background and it's like, yeah, we're just moving down the stairs. They're not going to shift perspective the way stairs actually would shift perspective. Yeah. But this one, they make it actually change the perspective, which I'd say is one of the ways you can actually tell. Yeah. And with the hand painting that I just mentioned, a lot of the hand painting um, was throughout the Renaissance films um, was used with the the recently opened at that time um, and now closed Disney MGM Studios animation department. And it started off with not just animation. It was started off with hand painting. Um, ink and painting people. So I thought that was worth mentioning at this moment. Okay. Um, Another thing that, I mean, this is this whole sequence, like it starts to get a lot more rapid fire um, here to the end of the film, like smaller shots and smaller things like, and so you get some, some really interesting differences. Like, Oh, why did they bother doing this different? One of the things Eric's uniform, this is like, the only time he's been in a different costume yeah. the entire... Well, okay, so he's he's had two costumes up to this point, which is, like, white shirt and black pants, or his nighttime brooding costume with his cape. <laughs> but now he's in, like, fancy uniform. Which yes. I feel like should have been a sign to Grimsby that he's not all there, because... He's not himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, also... Also, the blanks yeah. face on <laughs> Eric's face. Zero the, face acting. He had nothing there. He's yes. just like, we're getting married tonight. Have the wedding <laughs> show. Like, yeah. there's nothing there. I mean, you can really tell that his, his like voice actor really did the monotone bit. And I and this is also like Grimsby, who like literally, I think a minute ago was like, you should find a real woman. Look up there look i'm being very un like yeah. the most unsubtle i could possibly be and now he's like oh i guess i was wrong and i mean it's it's fine i guess like he's just happy eric's getting married or yeah. whatever but i'm like come on man like you were just yeah. shipping ariel and eric <laughs> I, I i think that actually this will just probably be my this this is points against grimsby right he has been he was a great champion for ariel 12 hours ago. Yes. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, guess I was wrong. Okay, well, you get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, Grim. Like, get it together and be like, but what about the other young lady? And yes. who's this stranger? Like, you're just getting married all of a sudden. Like, this is not the vetting process Grimsby should be doing. Grimsby should be checking things out and be like, who is she? He, he just says, oh, I was wrong. Your mystery maiden does exist. But like, is this really the mystery maiden? No. It, check, check some sources. Yeah, check some facts. Like, Come on, investigate. I mean, to be fair, 
Grimsby was just like, oh, like you found this random girl on the beach. <laughs> Uh, I guess that's fine. Like it's actually like the gossipy women um, laundering clothes who are like nice girls just don't show up on the beach. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess the like women of the castle should maybe be in charge because Grimsby is just half wise, half not. But mm-hmm. I, I don't like know. we 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 really don't know what Grimsby's position is exactly. Like, chaperone caretaker like we, but he's always there like he's, he's always he's there the guy and and i feel like at this moment he's really not doing whatever his job is like he's just letting eric do whatever he wants even though it's it's not obviously not right all right i'm not gonna lie though i'm pretty sure we've all like let something slide just not on this scale <laughs> right we've all had moments where it's like I should be taking care of this, but I'm going to say that I didn't see it. I mean, also, to be fair, like, he he is the prince and presumably, like, is also ruling because, like, there's no king and queen on screen there that we ever pay attention to. I don't understand that, but whatever. Um, We've had discussions about it. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. It's not the, the important part of this story. Um but, like, he, he's the prince, so I guess he can do what he wants. Because, like, have you ever tried to talk someone out of getting married? Like, it doesn't work super well most of the time. Um, that, well, that's so- true. Like, the single, like, the, the what? how do I want to say, single-mindedness with yeah. which Eric is talking about, like, yeah, we're getting married right away. That is actually super in line with a lot of people who are getting married, even when it's a bad idea. And, and yeah. other people think it's a bad idea. So that part's in line. It's just the monotone delivery. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with what Andrew was saying about about letting things slide, um, you know, I do have a moment you don't kind perform. of similar to this where my one of my best friends was dating this guy and I did not like him <laughs> at all. And I let I told her I did not like him. And then like there was a whole drama thing that happened and they broke up. And then suddenly they were dating again and I just kept my mouth shut because I was like, you know, I don't like him. So you just you make that decision. And then eventually they did pretty soon after that. They broke up and now she's happily married. So I mean, it's all good now. But like, I did not like him and I knew he was not right. Uh, so I, I guess I kind of see that in Grimsby's perspective, I, just be yeah. like, okay. Although, yeah, although, and it's like, like presumably marriage is for life in this world, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Um, maybe not. I guess if Henry can do it, then I don't know. It, that's that, uh, that, that, that's a uh, too dark a joke for this version of the little mermaid. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, like it just seems like Grimsby's really just going for like, hey, the one of my jobs is to make sure that you get married. And if you're gonna make that happen, even if I think this is the wrong way to do it. At least my job gets done. Yeah. I guess he's yeah. leaning toward the kids eventually, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just hope that he, like, deep down, he's still being like, okay, I really wish that you were going for Ariel, though. Like, not... It doesn't seem like he's really, like, feeling... I know. ...the pull anymore. Also, like, I know. Is he, is he his, under a spell, Is too? he under a spell, too? My goodness. Uh, maybe. Uh, my goodness. Also, like, Vanessa, we, we know from, like, the wedding, but... They don't really say her name here. Um, so she's just like mm-hmm. some nameless girl who also doesn't speak except for like her evil <laughs> chuckle um, and her clutching the necklace. So in case like viewers didn't pick up on the, you know, evilness of like 
the glowy eyes from like the previous like scene or mm-hmm. the creepy singing or Ursula like laughing. It's like, hey, look, guys, this is actually Ursula. You're all these yeah. things- well, there's another there's another thing that kind of would like give you a hint that something's off with Eric is she's like all cuddly with him and like leaning into him, him and he's just like like just, like a soldier he's just standing straight like nothing he's not he's not in love at all it's just it's very it's a very odd moment yeah um but this is one of those times where when you like you gotta like Grimsby needs to are you okay <laughs> is everything okay yeah exactly um with this conversation that they're having I really liked how they how they did the the voice work or the the tone and how when it's more focused on Ariel or on Eric and Grimsby and Vanessa, it sounds like you're right next to them. Whereas when you're next to Ariel, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like it's echoing in that big long hallway. Like it, it follows the camera. Yeah, exactly. And I really liked that. Because not, you don't get that a lot. I did not think about that, but that really is like an excellent touch. Like yeah. that's an attention to detail yeah. kind of thing. Very, very good. Also a tricky thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I, so I remember thinking about that sort of stuff and I don't know if it was actually the case, but like having the, the, the voice work and the sound mix and everything match the space that it's in. So this is a really good example of it. And I'm pretty sure I remember thinking about it. I think they do it in frozen too. I, I sometimes when we're watching movies, we start paying attention to really weird stuff because <laughs> we do this podcast, but I think they do that during one of the songs in Frozen 2 as a person's moving through space. Like they have different areas that are more or less echoey. Um, and so I think they do that into the sound mix, which is a really cool thing to do um, and a like pretty intricate thing to do. But this is a, like, this is a really good example of it and everyone should be doing it. Yeah, I agree. And with the music, you were just talking about music. So mm-hmm. with music in this film, with this, you can, this week, there's a lot of underscore that um, that you and I, while we were watching the film, Andrew, uh, we were talking about. And so now we have to bring it into the, to, so this week, let, just pay attention, well, yeah, listeners, and- while, while listen to us as we talk about the score, because Alan Minkin did such an amazing score. This is his first score so this is great oscar winning yes yes oscar winning nice to to win an oscar the first time you do something but then then, like it's like well what do i do now like how can i ever measure up i've already (laughs) like got the honor well he just won it again and again and so i mean so i mean we we can't brag about this enough but like alan menken (laughs) is the oscar winningest person alive right now nobody else has won more oscars than him alive of, of, of a living person which is like that's a phenomenal yeah position to be in yeah um but with this film with this not this film this minute you can hear as you can hear some Mickey Mousing throughout this week um mm-hmm. so some is like as she descends the stairs and it's just um another is you can hear how it builds up to poor unfortunate souls underneath. You can hear mm-hmm. kind of poor, unfortunate souls as it so focuses real quick, on before Vanessa. we get into that because yeah. that's going to get into like some transition away from this particular scene into the right. the the um the dock yes. scene. Well, um, and so before we get into that, 
I do also like this should be another indication that something's wrong with Eric. As he says, we're we're getting married this afternoon. The ship sets sail at sunset. Like, <laughs> all right, sunset is a little like we're getting married this afternoon after sunset. That doesn't track. I, That's at least evening. I also just have to say that Sebastian is probably like the smartest person in this movie. Well, by person, I mean, I guess crab. Um, mm-hmm. And he doesn't put any of, I mean, like he doesn't put any of this together. Admittedly, he's, you know, emotionally devastated alongside Ariel at this point. And actually I really appreciated how uh, Ariel and Sebastian's relationship changed, but you know, it's, it's like he was there when she made the deal. He saw the shell. The shell is like, being emphasized right by Vanessa, like playing with it, clutching it. And then they're like, or the ship set sail at sunset. Hmm. It seems strange that they're getting married at the exact time that, <laughs> you know, that. That's the cutoff. Yeah, that's the deadline. Well, I don't know if he saw the show because they're kind of facing. Right. Just at an angle away from him. So it's possible he didn't see the shell. But yeah, he should be like making kind of a connection being like something's off here. It's it is weird. And this is getting into stuff later on this week. But it's weird that they have Scuttle be the one to figure it out instead of Sebastian. It's like Sebastian should be the one piecing it together. Yeah, that's really my notes. I'm going to. Well, Sebastian is the one that like sets off the plan but then scut but then he well that t- goes gets into another minute this week but then like scuttle but enacts he's like, the plan like yeah sebastian doesn't do it like anything. find a way to stall the wedding <laughs> like yeah like we're gonna have to pay attention it's like yeah d- when does sebastian get to the boat because he he does well he he like goes he to goes find to, ariel's father he goes he says i'm gonna go forget. oh he goes to get triton i'm gonna yeah. go get the king right okay but but still like well, and that also, again, getting farther into it, it makes it weird because, like, yeah, why is everyone responding to Scuttle calling for help? Like, they would actually do it for Sebastian because Sebastian can, like, command the fish yeah. to to sing a song. Yeah. And, like, Scuttle's flying by and he's like, we need your help. And they're like, this guy. But they're still going to go help. I will. I don't know. Yeah. Magic, magic sea animals. I mean, like, this, yes. this is like, I, I think that it sort of, it doesn't matter in, in terms of, I mean, logically, if you break it down minute by minute, it sort of starts mattering. But it's like the magic of like the Disney climax where it's just like, well, we got to move these pieces. No yeah, one yeah. really and, and like- interested in the, in the backstory. Because like if you watch something like, I don't know, um, Solo, and it's like, here's how Han Solo got his name. It's real bad. <laughs> um, or, yeah, so like if if you're in the moment. It really doesn't matter. Like, and you're in the energy. You're like, yes, they're going to come help. This is going to be great. And you're excited and you're into it. And it's sort of like, um, it. I mean, like in older films, um, now I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's one of the Humphrey Bogart film noir detective ones, Raymond Chandler detective ones. But like the, so it's based off a book. Man, I really wish I could remember the name of this one. I, I have like possible titles but i don't want to be wrong yeah it's one of the hawks ones and humphrey bogart and and raymond chandler wrote it and anyway so based off the based off a book and then they're making the movie yes it's the big sleep and humphrey bogart asked the director at some point he's like okay so who killed the first guy and the director's like i don't know i'm gonna go ask the author and the author's like i don't know it doesn't matter it just got the thing it just got things started and so there's no actual solution for who killed the first oh my like goodness. victim in this whole conspiracy i was like 
wait, what do you mean? <laughs> but like when you get into it, it doesn't matter. And so you just go along with the story and that's kind of what we're going with, with, with this one. Okay. I mean, that's what we're going with for a lot of things because they never expected someone to analyze it minute by minute. Like we do. Well, they didn't, they didn't used to think about it. I hope filmmakers are thinking about it now. <laughs> I mean, um, this is like, the, there's, yeah. there's a lot of us. All right. Should we start? Transition, we, okay. The transition? transition. Let me talk about the transition by image before you talk about the transition by music. Okay. Great. They've done this already, but they're doing it again, which is the seashell is now being turned into the celestial orb. And so the previous time it was turning into the moon and now it's focused on the seashell and sun. Yeah. And so they really like, they double dipped on that one to go with like, we've got a round object in the scene. We'll focus on it and then we'll turn it into the sun in the background. (laughs) They've done that transition, not just with the shell. I think this, this film, I think there's been a couple other transitions. Other times. I can't, um, I can't remember exactly, but. Maybe maybe with Flotsam and Jetsam's eyes. Their eyes. Or or something, something like that. Yeah. Their but, eyes did turn into Ursula's um, crystal ball. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's a there's couple of moments. But I don't know what the term is for that particular type of transition where you do like an image similarity mm-hmm. juxtaposition. Um, I don't know. But it's like it's it, people do it enough. Yeah. That it, it should have a name. There should be yeah. terminology for that. I just don't know what it is. Yeah. So there's that transition, but with that transition, you have the buildup of poor unfortunate souls. Bum, ba, dum, ba, dum, and then suddenly when it transitions to the sun, like immediately it stops <laughs> and it's kind of unsettling when you just listen to it. And then it goes into um, a wedding-like version <laughs> of the song played during the town when they're in the town and dancing. Yeah. Like it's, it's so clearly wedding music without being the wedding music. Yeah. Cause then you have the wedding music later on, but it's also the same, mm-hmm. the same thing. It, it's they, they just use the, the dancing yeah, from the town, which is very interesting, but so it's, that would be awesome. an arrangement, right? When yeah, you're changing it like that, yeah. you're changing the instruments and a little bit of the, the meter or something, the or maybe tone, not the meter, but the vibrancy and the instruments. And yeah. so that would be an arrangement. And so he's just like rearranging his own stuff. Yeah. That's what Alan Menken's doing. But it's awesome because it sounds like great wedding music. It does. And and then you think about it, it's like, wait, I've heard this melody. Like it's the exact same melody. He just turned it into like the upper register of an organ. And that somehow is immediately, oh, wedding music. Yeah. Music's weird. It's my profession. I know. I know. But like, that's a weird thing where you can just like switch to a couple different instruments. Oh, and okay. all of a sudden you're like, oh, now it's this kind of music, even yeah. though it's otherwise. You can change a lot. In, in... Just with the instruments mm-hmm. and tone. Or or if you change like the, I know if you change the key, yeah. that can be a big difference. He probably changed the key here, I'm assuming. But uh, yeah, so you get that wedding song and then we'll get a lot more of that later Into on this week. Tomorrow. Um which is kind of like Alan deserved that Oscar. I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna lay it out there again and again and again. He deserved that Oscar. No, it's really good. It's when you have a good, when you have a good like theme and melody, and then you can play with it in all these different ways. Like that's probably an indication that you did something really strong. Yeah, yeah. There's um, two moments in this scene. or in this minute that you see the E insignia again, that we've mm-hmm. talked about 
throughout the Eric's film. Eric's family crest. Eric's family's crest, which we Question don't know mark. the name of the family name. Eric? Um, yeah, yeah the, that's all we've got because there's nothing. Like the internet ran dry on this one. It's like name, Eric, full name, Eric. <laughs> There's, other, a, other there's names. a book, Prince Eric. There's a book that I've I've referenced a couple of times that talks about like his like heritage, his kind family? of his family, a little bit, but, but not very much. But they don't have a name. But they don't have a name. And then in that book, they give a name to the to the town or the kingdom or the kingdom called Terulia. But we're like, not sure how much he is yeah, ruling. We have no idea. There's there's really nothing out there. So there, there's two moments. There's one in the hallway when you see Ariel running and Vanessa sees Ariel running. And then there's one on the ship and you can see that. And another thing on the ship is there's people. They're not moving. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're figures. <laughs> um, and I think it's some in this minute and some in the next minute. But for whatever reason, they give us these short glimpses of like the back side, or I guess it's the front side of Eric's palace for the first time in the movie. Like we've spent a lot of time on the other side where there's the shore. And then we're on the dock side of the palace. And it's like, Oh, okay. This is like a whole building. And it's kind of weird to see all these different angles on it. Yeah. I don't think it's until Wednesday that we get the shot that you finally were like, Oh yeah. There's an overhead shot (laughs) from, from Scuttle's perspective, but, but the, the, this, this minute and tomorrow's minute, he just Andrew had a hard time understanding well, I'm where to this was. Out where yeah. everything is, I'm like, okay, where is this palace? Where's the ship launching from? Because I was trying to get confused about how it's like, okay, the sun is setting in that direction. So where is this in relationship to the palace? Like, what are the angles that we're dealing with? And it seems like it checks out um, overall, but I'm still a little bit skeptical about some of it. Yeah. But then I was like, where is this duck? Like. I never thought of this at like in my entire familiarity with the film. I never thought of this as being part of the palace. I always thought this dock was like outside of town yeah, or something. And so it's weird for me to think about like, because there's a pier and you think of piers and you think of like, yeah, that's public space where they are, you know, attaching the ships. Like that is like a parking lot. It's like, no, this is the Royal dock. This is really confusing. Yeah. Um, and so I've just been trying to like piece together my my space for it. I, I've used up all my notes. Do either of you have notes remaining? I, I just wanted to point out that Ariel's wearing that dress again. I her town dress. Yeah. I just want to point out that at the very last portion of this minute, when she's left behind on the dock, why is she left behind? Like, 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 just, like, why like, she? Like, like, I mean, I obviously it's it's so like the rest of the movie can happen. She's devastated, but like, but like, why is she there? What, was she not invited, yeah. or did she not, or did she decide? No, I'm not going to see him get married. Right, like the like, boat just left. In the original Hans Christian Andersen story, um, she is like one of the bridesmaids and like leads the dress down the aisle, um. As far as I'm, as I'm, I'm remembering. So it's kind of they, they, they didn't follow that there here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's the that's another difference between the two. It, it is weird that she's just there. Yeah, like, it's just what? like and, and and no one like was like oh there's, there's, there's someone there. there there's someone on the dock like 
Okay. That's the other thing. And should there be someone else on the dock if the the ship is being departed? So it's weird that she's the only person there. Right. And it's, I I, I guess this is going into the next minute, but it's, it's just weird. It, it, It really does make you wonder if you like analyze this of Grimsby or something really, or even more people have like some sort of enchantment upon them because they were all very kind to her. And now it's like, yeah, whatever we got. Yeah. Like where's Carlotta? Like, shouldn't she yeah. be there being like, okay, let's go get you dinner because I'm like making sure you're all set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's know. a little bit weird. It's just all very angsty. Yes. And we'll have more of that tomorrow. And the rest of this week. Yeah. <laughs> there's go- there's going to be more of it. But that's all we have for you today, listeners. We're part of Dueling Genre, and you can find us and many other podcasts at DuelingGenre.com. And there you will also find a link to a Patreon page where you can support all the Dueling Genre productions. We're on Twitter and Instagram at DizMinute, on email as DisneyAnimationMinute at gmail.com, and on Facebook at the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or Damsels Group. And our guest, Hannah, can be found at uh, voxpopcast.com, uh, where you can look up blogs of upcoming episodes for Vox Popcast and leave comments if you're interested, or you can follow us on Twitter at Vox Popcast. Great. Uh, we want to thank Star Wars Minute, as, as usual, for establishing Movies by Minutes as, you know, a pretty solid thing to do. We enjoy doing it, and so we're glad that they got it all started. And we also want to thank uh, Nick English and Scott Tofty for our artwork and for our theme music. Until next time, listeners, thank you for making us part of your world.